Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to Bridge Atlantic's interviews, where we get to know the people behind and in front of the creative industries. We're your hosts, music web designer Ross Barber-Smith from Scotland, owner of Electric Kiwi, where we create awesome custom websites for bands, artists and musicians. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook as Electric Kiwi. And I'm singer-songwriter and multi-instrumentalist Marcy Novelli from Canada, a man who wears many hats, literally and figuratively. When I'm not releasing music under my own name or my side project, Midnight Soundtrack, I'm producing and mixing records for other artists or directing and editing music videos and music documentaries. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as my name, Marcia Novelli. Our new shorts have arrived, as you can see, and they're available to purchase on our website. There's a link to it in our show notes, so go and get yours. I, I, whenever I show the shirts, I like look like I'm juggling my breasts. I don't know why I do that. It just it seems to happen they're, that way. They're not that big, Marcia. <laughs> well, whatever you say. Make sure to use the coupon code, by the way, uh, BTA Rocks, uh, to receive 10% off your purchase is our little way of saying thank you for being cool ross something no uh, i'm just gonna leave it there okay so <laughs> joining us this week out of miami florida is ryan carella ryan is a lawyer writer podcaster and teacher he advises clients in the music industry on a wide range of entertainment and business matters including recording agreements publishing agreements management agreements music licensing media appearances live performance entertainment litigation copyright and trademark counseling and corporate matters and that's, breathe. That that's a lot of stuff. <laughs> that's a lot of stuff. Yeah, Ryan mostly focuses on advising independent musicians on their legal and business issues. Uh, his work as an indie music lawyer, quote unquote, also extends to his writing and podcasting. His new book, "Break the Business: Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry," shines a light on the pitfalls that arise from record label contracts. <laughs> I just felt a shudder go throughout my body. And uh, it also provides artists with helpful guidance on achieving music industry success on their own terms. So um, that's pretty much why we have them on the show today. So welcome, Ryan. Hey, Marcio and Ross. How are you guys doing? We are... We are well, I can't we're doing Ross. well. I think I, I need to take a series of deep breaths after, um, after reading that intro because <laughs> you do a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, it's uh, well, with many indie artists in this new music industry, um, these musicians, you know, they don't fit into a cookie cutter mold. Um, you know, it's not just the old days of put out an album, go on tour and count your money. They're they're doing many different things. They're starting companies, they're doing merchandising, they're licensing their content. And so, you know, for a lawyer like me who works with indie artists, uh, they keep you pretty busy and, uh, and you have to be an expert in a lot of different fields. We're going to change things up and I'm going to ask you the awkward question today. I'm going to ask you, Ryan, to tell us three things about yourself that everyone should know. Three things about me? Um, well, one, I think uh, you can get this pretty quickly uh, by catching the Break the Business podcast where I do my show each week. I am very skeptical of record deals. Um, I 
when I pretty early in my career as an entertainment lawyer, much of what I was doing was taking record deals from artists, you know, artists, young performers would come to me with these record contracts that they worked their whole lives to earn and say, hey, can you look at this? Make sure this is okay." And I would read these contracts and they were dumpster fires, just horrible, exploitative messes, you know, one after another, after another. And after reading all of these contracts, um, not finding one that I would ever advise an artist to sign and watching artists sign them anyway and ruin their lives. Um, it's you know been ingrained in me that it's just not the way that we should be modeling the music industry, especially with all this new technology we, we have out there that makes it easier than ever for artists to pursue their music career independently. And so that's the message we talk about each week on the podcast. So um, that's one thing. Um, the other thing is I love Miami, Florida. Um, you know, most of the entertainment lawyers, they're based out of Los Angeles and New York. And I spend a lot of time in Los Angeles and New York, as many entertainment lawyers do. But I just can't leave this city, man. The sunshine's too perfect. And I feel like I'm bragging a little bit too much because I know you guys are in very cold places right now. But uh, come to Miami sometime. Uh, we'll have a good time there. Literally and, um, freezing, by the way. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Oh, freezing. I, I can I can imagine. Um, you both look like you're in dark freezers right now. I'm uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is like a spooky kind of backdrop you guys are rocking there. As for your next question, Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I guess the third thing about me is I I really love indie artists and I love indie musicians. And this is an exciting time to be an indie musician with all the tools out there that can help you succeed. And I consider it an honor to be able to help these people move their careers forward, to help them navigate the many pitfalls that uh, can stand in their way. and. you know, I love to do whatever I can to help them bring their creativity to their fans. I love that. I really do. So it, it's really obvious that you're very passionate about helping musicians, which is great. It's, it's nice to see uh, a lawyer that wants to really, you know, help uh, the artists, you know, succeed. Um, well, I feel like the other side has plenty of lawyers. So yeah, exactly. True. We need true. You. So. Another part of what you do is is you you educate artists and music industry professionals through your book and through your podcast. Do you think it's important that we and when I say we, I I mostly mean musicians because it's probably mostly going to be musicians that would benefit from from this question here. Um, that we have some knowledge of how the industry works as a whole before we hire team members such as lawyers or or other kind of partners. Um, in this music industry that we're going into which uh, has been sort of creatively dubbed the new music industry by you know a lot of the uh, pundits out there um you know one of the great things about it is that it gives creators an unforeseen amount of control um relative to past eras in the music industry and that's awesome because the creator should be in control we should have an artist-centered music industry it's better for the creators and it's better for the fans but the other side of it is that if you're in control, you're the boss, the, bu- the buck stops with you and you're the one that has to make the decisions. And so a lot of things that you used to be able to defer to, you know, my record label, oh, my label will handle this or my manager. Oh, 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 that's my manager's job. It's my job to just perform. Well, guess what? It's your job now. And so now more than ever, it is critical to learn every aspect of the music industry, um, you know, how how recording agreements work, how licensing works. What do you have to do to promote, distribute, and fund your projects? How do you crowdfund effectively? 
And you and though you don't need to have legal training specifically uh, to be successful, you do need to understand some of the legal concepts. You need to understand how copyrights work. And you want to understand the differences between, for example, copyrights and trademarks. It's why and why it's important to register both, um, because when you get big enough, you're eventually going to hire people to handle a lot of these tasks for you. But you want to make sure you know how to talk to them and make sure that you know how to handle these people so that they're not exploiting you. And so knowledge is power in this new music industry. So if you are serious about a career as an independent artist, you have to get informed. You have to get all the books you can find get all the podcasts out there. And one nice thing about that is that all this information used to be very expensive books and, you know, maybe even getting a bachelor's degree or a master's in music business. You're talking about a lot of money there. Nice dog. Um, But now it's, you know, information's free. There's so many podcasts out there and so much free content and so many great blogs that can teach you everything you need to know. You know, things like digital music news, Hypebot, Ari's take, uh, these are Abridge the Atlantic, are all fantastic resources to help you move your career forward. And so, you know, you can get the master's degree in music business for absolutely free now. And that makes it a pretty exciting time to be a musician. You know, uh, going off something you said a little earlier, I have a question for you. You know, when someone's like myself, a, a singer songwriter, and I go by my own legal name, you know, What's the sort of legality in trademarking that? You know, can a record company, I know the answer is probably yes, but can a record company own your name? You know, and do they always inherently own your name? Because I've been advised that it's a little different. You know, if you have a band name, trademarking that versus your own name. Well, yes, generally the law will provide you more latitude to make use of your name as a legal name if it's actually your name. Right. You know, we're, we're we're not going to want to handcuff your ability to go by your name out into the world right um but it is possible for names to be trademarked and um as as any other band name and so your ability to make money off of the brand that is your name can be limited if somebody else you know say a record company kind of owns the rights to your name and and even if even if you can still refer to yourself by your name maybe there were logos made of your name or stylized marks made of your name and those absolutely belong to whoever owns them and, right. and that's just one of many pitfalls that can come with a record deal and one of it is sort of a loss of what you create and your brand and your identity because if you sign the wrong kind of contract uh all of a sudden the songs you write the recordings you create the logos that make your brand can all belong to somebody else. And really the only valuable property in the music industry, the property, the only property that's worth anything is intellectual property, Um, especially copyrights. You know, you're talking about, um, I can't speak to Canada and Scotland, but here in the U S of a copyrights last for a really long time, the life of the author plus 70 years. And that's a lot of time for, a creation to make a lot of money for you and you want to make sure you're the one who owns it but if you sign a record deal you're not the one who owns your recordings they belong to somebody else is that and always you the just case? get a tiny piece of the pie is that oh, sorry to cut you off there is that always the case or are there some indie labels that um create contracts where the artist still owns it but the company gets a certain amount because they funded it promoted it have you ever seen there, a deal like that um there's you know you can, just you can like see anything under the sun for sure. Hoping. Yeah, there are, there are some indie labels that might, you know, be able to negotiate that with you. But 
really what it's and and I've seen some major label deals where artists keep their masters, but that when that you know that tends to be a product of how much leverage the client has. You know, I I I represent a superstar client and we're about to close a deal now where this client is going to own their masters, but they also happen to be a client wow. who's been in the game for 20 years. Right. And the label knows that if they don't give my client his masters, he's going to walk away and be an independent artist and he has all the resources to be his own label anyway. And so he has the leverage to get that. But if you're a new artist, if you don't have a big fan base, if you don't have leverage, you're going to go into that negotiation session. You're going to ask to own your master rights and they're going to laugh at you. Well, of course. And yeah. And you're going to hire a lawyer like me to try to negotiate them and they're going to laugh at me. Right. Um, and so, but that's the danger of the record deal, especially early in your career mm -hmm. is you're going to the table with no power. And so you're probably not going to get to own your masters. You're going to get a laughably low royalty rate. You're going to be signing some 360 deal where 30% of all the money you make, not in the music industry, but in merchandising and in live performances. And if you go act in a movie or write a book, they're going to want a big chunk of that too. And it can be very hard to make a living, even if you, even if you sell a lot of records. And again, in this new industry where it's cheaper than ever to record, promote, distribute and fund your music. They're all now great resources out there to do all those things on your own. It really calls into question why you would subject yourself to a incredibly exploitative record deal. I love that you say that. You know, I've been asked myself, I've been approached by labels and I've actually turned down potential deals and potential partnerships because Woo! it wasn't <laughs> my man. It wasn't right for me. And you know, I've had people ask almost like sympathetically, particularly people not in the music industry, like, oh, you know, you think you'll ever get signed? Almost like sad for you. I'm like, no, like I've I've built my own following and, you know, I'm, I'm really happy with how it's growing and how organic it is and that sort of thing. You know, if the right partnership comes along, sure. But I think the idea of just like, wow, there's a label I want to sign. It's, it's still, you got to look at it. You got to step aside, look at it as a business situation and oftentimes a very long-term business situation, not in your <laughs> favor as the artist. So it's like, you know what, maybe, maybe down the road, it's just not right for me right now, you know? So, well, it's funny there. I mean, I, I do not dispute that there is somewhat of a, cocktail party bragging right that comes with saying you have a record deal like it's and it's no gonna make you look pocket. cool yeah but you know <laughs> but you know like I, I hear artists say that all the time where they're like if i don't have a label people don't take me seriously if i say i'm unsigned they think i'm not a great artist even if i'm right. you know packing that. them in every time i go on tour and so what i say to them is look if you want to say you're signed to a label I'll create a corporation for you. We'll sign it. We'll make it a label. You'll be the president of that label, but yeah. you know, we'll give it a different name so that nobody will know it's you. And you can tell everybody you're signed to a label. And on the back of your CD, you can have that record label and the legitimacy that comes with having that, you can still have it yeah. without, you know, giving up, you know, 90% of your, Ryan, um, you know, earning over time. That's what I did, man. A few years back, hey, I created Voracious right. Records and it was, you know, I put all my releases under there and I was trying to help some other artists. That's it. Because it was a few years back up. where people, they needed to know that. I think, I, I personally see it, the landscape changing. I think it's come to a point where people, because there's, there's so much music out there, people are realizing, well, not everyone's going to be signed. It's just not room for that. And I've seen it change where people don't even ask, like, other than maybe people that are not in the industry that aren't fans of music or whatever. Um, but typically, I'm not finding people even asking that as much anymore or even caring. You know, I've actually not really been talking much about Voracious Records, but that was something I created, again, just for the legitimacy. And it's so sure. silly. The music wouldn't change if it released independently or through a, a label, but how people view it changes, which is a little sad. 
you know, but I don't know. I think we're, I think we're going into a nice land, a nice, a nice place with that. I, I don't know about you guys. Maybe I'd like to get your, your opinion on that. Well, I'll say this, um, you know, the other, the other, I think the other thing that you have to keep in mind when you're wondering our record label, do record labels still have a place in this industry is you have, you know, think about how many artists are making a living right now, not even by selling that many records. I mean, the idea of even like selling copies of your music is going the way of the dodo. This year was the first year in the history of the industry where streaming outsold downloads for the first time. Like more money is being made from streaming than downloads. And so if the recorded music aspect of the recorded music industry is diminishing in value and what's taking its place is merchandising, live performances, licensing of your content, or even, you know, I've seen artists who can make a six, who've made a six figure living by performing on things like stage it, where they just do like online concerts and people throw money in the tip jar and, you know, they have sponsorships and things like that. And so if there are all these other ways that artists can make money that have nothing to do with the selling of records, it really calls into question what place record labels have in this new music industry. Yeah. And I hope that, I hope that fans start to realize that. Cause you know, I, I, I keep referring to myself here, but just because it's, it's so applies, but you know, I used to do a, an online web show back in the day, like a concert show. And I did it for free for a long time. Cause that's kind of the thing, but now, you know, I'm going to be bringing it back and, and charging just a small amount, but I hope that people understand it's like, look, music doesn't make us money anymore. And, you know, it's not about the money, but you want to be able to support yourself and live and keep making music and, put food on the table for your kids if you have them like me, you know? So it's like, right. you know, sure. I mean, 10 years ago, or 15 years ago, however long ago, if you wanted music, you had to go get a CD and listen to them. Well, now maybe you can give a dollar and get something else out of it. Like there's Patreon now. That's really, I think high, high regards for Patreon because I think that it's is a just game changing platform. It's a game changer. It is just no middleman anymore. It's just a middle person. It's just, Hey, I want to support you. The artist, you know, it's pretty great. You know, um, you know, but, you know, I do want to, I want to, I want to switch gears a little bit though. And, and I do want to ask you, cause you know, you are a lawyer and you, and you are on the right side of, uh, of the law, I'd say, <laughs> uh, what are some <laughs> of the biggest misconceptions, uh, you find artists have surrounding the legal aspects of the music industry? And I think that, uh, it would be great if we can debunk some of the myths here. Well, I'll tell you a big one and it's one I, I get at least once a week. And so I'm glad I'm on your platform now to to spread this gospel and it's and and again this is important because as i said before intellectual property is the most important property in the music industry and it's you know it's the cows on your dairy farm and if they're not producing milk uh, then your farm's gonna he's <laughs> gonna die and it gets to this question of how to protect your music um there is this miss stubborn stubborn misconception in the music industry and i mean i remember even in high school my guitar teacher telling me this And that's, you know, you don't need to register your copyright with the government. All you have to do is put your information in an envelope, lick the envelope, you know, seal it and mail it to yourself. And you'll have a postmark date that proves when you created the work. And that's all you need for a government registration. And I hear very established music experts that I respect propagating this myth. And, you know, please let me, you know, tell your listeners as a lawyer do not do this. Um, there, a uh, a poor man's copyright, as they call it, is worthless. Um, under American law, the uh, if you do not have a registered, a, a fully action, legitimately registered copyright with the government before somebody steals your work, then you're not entitled to statutory damages under the law. You're not entitled to attorney's fees. 
And those are really the only kind of damages that are worth anything if you were to ever get into a copyright litigation. And and I know a lot of artists are thinking, oh, registering my copyright sounds expensive. It sounds cumbersome. Well, unlike almost anything, everything else with dealing with the government, registering your copyright is super easy. Uh, you go to copyright.gov. Uh, you can uh, register your copyright online. It takes just a few minutes and it's $35. And by the way, you can you can actually register all of your music as a compilation work and just pay that one time $35 fee, which is that's a great. very small price to pay for bulletproof protection. But yeah, that's right. that's the biggest myth out there for sure. Wow. That's that's awesome. that's both yeah. great news but also a little scary. <laughs> Do you have a stack of envelopes like sitting in your closet right now? No, like, oh, no, I, I knew that. I, I knew that was a long time ago. Bunk debunked. Um, however, like once you release music, right? Like actually release it as like an album or something. Is that automatically copyrighted that you've released that, or if you have the original masters of the recordings, or you have the um, you know, how does that kind of? Because I feel well, like you know, because it's actually should, dated when you have the files, yeah. you know. Well, I should specify, that's actually a very good point. So the creation of a copyright and the registration of a copyright are two very different things. Um, again, I'm speaking as an American lawyer. Um, I, can't, I can't pontificate as to Canadian or Scottish law, but I imagine it's probably very similar, um, which is from the moment that you, under what we, an American law called, fixate the work onto a tangible medium of expression, you have a copyright with the protections Wonderful. of federal law. So the moment you sing a song into a tape recorder, write something down onto a sheet of paper, paint something onto a canvas, you you have a copyright. It right. has been created. Um, but now the question is, how protectable is your copyright? If you do not register your work before somebody infringes on it, you you know they've they've infringed your copyright, and you might even be able to prove because you might have some kind of date stamp or time stamp. Or you have sure. the poor man's copyright that has the date, you know, the postmark date, right. and you might be able to prove they stole your work, but you're not going to get statutory damages. All you're going to get are actual damages, which you then have to prove to a court how much you've actually lost, and that can be very hard to do beyond a preponderance of an evidence, preponderance of the mm -hmm. evidence. And so, what you need is the actual statutory damages that are specifically written in the statute for how much you get. And that's the only real deterrent to keep people from stealing your work if they know that there's an actual federal statutory damage that they would have to pay you. And so that's why, you know, you want to register your work. Because, I mean, again, you have the copyright from the moment you create it, not even, even before you release it, just by creating it, fixing it onto a tangible medium, you have a copyright. But until you actually get it federally registered, you don't have much protection for it. I kind of want to jump back to your book mm -hmm. very briefly. Um, and this kind of goes back to the record label side of things again, because um, your book talks a lot about the pitfalls of record contracts. Is there anything specific like that, you know, any kind of red flags that artists should be looking out for when there's a deal on the table? Like one thing that you say, if you see this, this is a bad idea. Don't out of the this. thousands, <laughs> you can narrow well, it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I should specify, you know, that as I said before, I've yet to read a record contract that I would advise an artist to sign. So, I mean, basically, when you hand me a record contract, all I see is just one giant red flag, like flapping in my hands. Um, but of course, there are certain terms that, you know, really make my alarm bells go off when I see them. Uh, one is sort of the, you know, the way that the, deal can be structured by albums. So, you know, you'll see, you'll hear some on the news like, oh, so-and-so artist has a three album deal or a five album deal or something like that. 
it's not really a three album deal or a five album deal. What it is most of the time is a one album deal and the label can decide how many more albums come after that. And that can be problematic because what often happens in these deals is the record company has full and complete control as to how quickly an album gets made and uh you know the you know the, has full control over the development process of an album and it has full control over you know when you move from album 1 to album 2 and so the nightmare scenario can be you sign a deal the first album doesn't do so well cuz you know you got to take some time to build a career um and the label decides they don't want to move forward with the next album, at least not right now, but they don't want to let you go either because God forbid you go sign with somebody else or you go strike out independently and make some money and then make them look bad. So what they'll do is they'll just kind of keep you on ice for a while. They'll keep you in development <sighs> hell. They'll, they'll say, you know, they'll exercise the option for album number two, but they, you know, they won't get you in the studio you know, they're, they're, you know, they'll, they'll do everything they can to kind of slow you down. And next thing you know, you end up some like somebody like Jojo who went, you know, years right. in between albums. And, and, you know, that, that really stinks because you want to make music and you have fans out there who want to hear your music and they're begging you to put something out. And the label says, no, thanks. And that's one of the things that stinks the most about the old record label model is it puts a gatekeeper between the creators who want to create and the fans who want to consume your creations and you know in the new music industry there should be no barriers between creators you know you should be able to put out music whenever you want and maybe you want to put out an album but you know what maybe you just want to put out a little two song or three song ep or maybe you just want to you know maybe you want to put out a hundred songs at once but you should have full control over the timing and the volume of music you put out um and there shouldn't be some gatekeeper telling you you know how much or not at all, or, you know, not right now, or we're just not going to have you make any music at all for a while. Ryan, you have no idea how much you were making me feel so much better about my decisions in, in <laughs> the music industry <laughs> or my little music industry, as I'd call it, because, you know, just that's such, that sounds like such a nightmare scenario to me that I've never had to worry about. You know, I just, I can make music whenever I want. You know? <laughs> well, that's the way it should be. <laughs> and it's, it it yeah. keeps it fun. <laughs> yeah, that's it's, it's, creating. it's an, it's an artist centered focus, you know, there are all these supporting players in the music industry, lawyers like me, managers, booking agents, but ultimately they should all answer to you. You're the one creating the value. You know, none of us, you know, the music industry would still exist without all of us. It would just be you playing for fans and it'd be perfectly fine. So you don't need us as much as we need you. And in any industry, if you're indispensable to the process, you should be making the most money and you should be having the most success. And so, you know, but the labels have tried to convince artists for years that the, that it should be opposite that, you know, even we don't though, need you anymore. Yeah, How does that feel? Huh? Damn straight. How does that feel? <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, are you ready for 20 questions? Oh, I'm so excited. Let's do this. Let's do this. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Absolutely. Meat or veggies? Uh, meat. Meat. <sighs> oh, uh, sorry about that. <laughs> My vegan heart is right, broken. You know, <laughs> it's I'm, okay. I, I'm a, you know, USA over here. I don't know, yeah. <laughs> I'm just teasing you. Yeah. Twitter or Facebook? Um, Facebook, but that's because I'm a little older. Indie or major? Oh, indie. Absolutely. I've, been, I've loved indie music ever since I was a college radio DJ. CD or vinyl? Um, vinyl. Um, I actually have a record player right back there. Oh, you can, you can kind of see it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
You kind of already answered this question already, but uh, I'm not a mind reader, so I couldn't I couldn't tell that you were going to answer this earlier. New York or Miami? Oh, um, Miami. But I actually did live in New York for three years. I went to law school there. Um, I'm going up there next month. I, I go up there at least a couple times a year, so I I got no problem with New York. That's a cool city, but it's a it's a tough place to live unless uh, unless you're a, a billionaire. Absolutely. So. <laughs> Education or experience. I don't know. I, I I tend to see those as one and the same. I find that experience can be the best education. Um, I I am an education lawyer. I work with a lot of uh, non for profit schools here in the states, and so um, I do love education. But I prep. But I but there is no better teacher than experience and learning by doing. Marvel or DC? Marvel. Uh, DC's got to get its movies together, man. Like Marvel's <laughs> got it figured out, and yeah. and DC. I mean, they. Uh, Game of Thrones or The Walking Dead? Um, both are good, but uh, Game of Thrones. Talent or attitude? Attitude. Easily. Easily. There are, I, I know so many artists who are mediocre performers who have made great careers, and I know so many amazing artists who can't break through because they don't have the right attitude. Um, I, if, if I had to make somebody a success, I would rather have attitude over talent any day. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Trek. I love me some Star Trek. I'm actually staring at a, a picture of Captain Picard. No right way, I love camera. it. Yeah. <laughs> now, you, you can answer neither to these because I, I have a feeling you might not be too keen on both of these for, uh, for the artist's sake. Spotify or Pandora? Uh, Spotify. Although, I mean, I think they're both great. And I think that, you know, the those music streaming platforms, if you, if you can learn how to use them as an artist, can be a great... Uh, monetization source for your music career football or baseball uh football uh, or, or the, although um i know we have different countries here are we talking about the one with, with the one where you yeah well, i'm in canada we're, we're in north america i call football what you guys call football oh very good yeah <laughs> um soccer's good too uh but uh yeah uh football soccer's not go good. dolphins <laughs> <laughs> batman or superman uh batman uh it's too easy for superman I already know the answer to this because like, I'm outnumbered here. But Mac or PC? Um, uh, depends if okay. it's if it's Ryan if it's Ryan the podcaster, it's Mac. If it's Ryan the lawyer, it's PC. Oh, okay, okay, fair enough. <laughs> Michael Jackson or Michael Bolton? It's <laughs> a real question. Um, that is a real question. I guess it is. Because <laughs> once it. you said Michael Jackson, or like I can't imagine what you could have come with after that that would have beaten Michael Jackson. Uh, Michael Jackson's a legend. He's he's the greatest. But Think then I came him. up with Michael Bolton, and then you were like, "Whoa, okay, <laughs> Whoa. yeah, no, that's." <laughs> <laughs> Although Michael Bolton, you know, he doesn't get the respect he deserves. Like we all make fun of him, but he put you know we, that, all, he put on you that. we all make fun of him, you know, because obviously. Well, look, well, here's the thing: we all make fun of Michael Bolton, except. He put out an album in the 90s that sold like 10 million copies. So there are some people right now making fun of Michael Bolton who absolutely bought that album. And so there's some damn you know who's laughing? There. Michael Bolton. <laughs> damn straight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Celine Dion or Marilyn Manson. <laughs> wasn't that like wasn't that a new 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 radicals uh <laughs> lyric? It's no, no, Manson. it was uh Courtney Love and Marilyn Manson. Courtney Love and yeah, Marilyn yeah, Manson, yeah, yeah. you're right. Um Oh, uh, it's Celine Dion. She's she's a delight. I got nothing against Marilyn Manson though. Whale or kale? Whale or kale? Yeah, he likes to like, pronounce his H's yeah. before the W. Yeah, He's I like don't know Stevie why Griffin. I do that. 
<laughs> oh, whale. Wait, sorry. Was, he's trying, was to, he's whale. trying to say I thought whale. You said, I thought you said quail. Uh, whale or kale? Um, kale, because I've never had whale before. Well, it's not to I eat whale. It's just like if you compare, would you prefer a this whale is more or a kale? This it's is more like the concept. <laughs> yes, so, I, st- I stand by what I said. Okay, okay, fair enough. First reaction is the correct one. <laughs> Don't try right. to move me off That's it. right. Bette Midler or the Riddler? <laughs> uh, Bette Midler, the divine Miss M. She's a, she's a national treasure. And your final question, from one national treasure to another national treasure, <laughs> you were looking, <laughs> we're looking for you to tell us Ross <laughs> or Marcio. Oh. Damn. Oh man, I give I give Ross the edge because I can see that he has a magnificent hairstyle and oh I don't know God. what Marcio's got under that hat. Oh you could have great God. hair too, but I, you know, I I'm a sucker for hair. Oh well. So really then, that's know. what you're going for. You you're not going for the indie artist, you know, fighting his way <laughs> every day with with a, a dad of two kids and you know like just fighting through this industry for the last decade plus. You go for the guy with the with the beautiful hair. That's where we're at, Ryan. That's hey, where we're that's, at. that's life, man. That's the that's the world in which Attitude we live. Attitude over right? talent, right? <laughs> you know, sizzle, sizzle over steak any day. You that's bastard, Ross. That's the business. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear, where do we go from here? Um, you know, <laughs> we, we, before we do wrap up, I do want to ask you one question because, uh, you know, the fact that you're on the right side, uh, well, you were on the right side until you picked Ross. Uh, <laughs> the fact that you're on the right Sorry. side of the industry, you know, and you're, and you're trying to help any artist, but, you know, at the end of the day, not every artist is ready for a lawyer and not every artist has the money for a lawyer, you know, um, yet. So is there any advice you can give just quickly before we wrap up here? Um, uh, enter, uh, for an artist entering a contractual agreement but can't afford a lawyer, is there any advice just quickly you can offer them? Well, um, I mean, I'll say this. like you, you, You'd be surprised how many free lawyer resources there are out there. I, I'm always skeptical of folks who say they can't you know, f- afford a lawyer. There's a great organization here in the States called Volunteer Lawyers for the Arts. They provide pro bono services for, uh, for artists just like you. And so I would be remiss to go into any contractual deal without the advice of counsel, considering the amount of free resources out there. Right. And there are a lot of entertainment lawyers like me who don't do a lot of pro bono work just because, you know, we're, awesome. we're here to help artists. And but, you know, if if for whatever reason, you know, you, you feel like you have to go it alone. Um, but I certainly wouldn't recommend this. You know, you know, watch out for any deal that is exclusive. You know, you don't want to sign anything that's going to prevent you from doing things with other people. Um, cause you know, the flexibility is the best thing about this new music industry and you certainly don't want to lose that. Um, but again, if it's anything over a page, like definitely go find a lawyer. There's lots of great, uh, pro bono resources out there and as expensive as it is, uh, to often retain a lawyer, it is much more expensive, uh, to litigate over a contract later because you didn't have a lawyer in the first place. Absolutely. It's sort of the difference between getting preventative care uh, to avoid having surgery later. <laughs> uh, I like that. I like that. Preventative medicine. Go to a naturopath. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of finding a good lawyer, um, you know, where can people find you online? I know you mentioned earlier, but can you just let them know now the best place for them to find you online, particularly on social media? Oh, uh, bless your heart. That's very kind. Uh, you can find me, follow me on Twitter at Ryan K-A-I-R. So it's first, uh, first name and the first four letters of my last name. Uh, Facebook.com slash break the business. Uh, you can also go to www.breakthebusiness.com where you can check out my podcast or uh, soundcloud.com slash breakthebusiness where you can find my podcast. Um, if you want to email me, just uh, go to breakthebusiness at gmail.com. I respond to every email, even if it's late into the night, because if you take the time to email me, the least I can do is get back to you. 
Wow, beautiful. Very nice. And uh, and as for us, you can find our show on Twitter, Facebook, iTunes, and YouTube. Uh, don't forget to visit our website and pick up one of our shirts while you're there. Ross has apparently like just got come down with a raspy, sexy voice or something. What, what just happened <laughs> I was there? practicing for you, Marcio. Just oh, one of the many you? reasons why I picked him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, I know it's a long, it's a long wow. list. You know, well, so you anyways, can list all the reasons. As for me, everyone who actually digs what I'm doing, I'm working on a second solo album, <laughs> and you can be a part of that at marcinavelli.com slash pledge. I also just recently released an acoustic EP called The Reimagining. Um, as you can imagine, it reimagines some of my previously released material. Um, you can pick that up. So, uh, yeah, do that. Make sure to follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Spotify, which are all my name, Marcio Novelli. That's and I, I've had a, a sneak preview of The Reimagining, and it's quite delightful. So uh, yeah. I would second that. Go and check that out. And uh, as for me, I'm working on websites for various arts at the moment, and you can check out my work at electrickiwi.co.uk. You'll find me on Twitter and Instagram as Electric Kiwi, and on Facebook, Electric Kiwi Design. This episode was brought to you by Chris Keaton, Joe Centenary, the rock star advocate, Buck Naked Soap Company, 30 Roses, Wendy Donaldson, and Social Surge. All links are in the show notes, so please check them out because they truly keep this show alive. And if you want to be one of those awesome people, you can sponsor the show and receive a free t-shirt. I keep talking about the t-shirts today. Uh, visit patreon.com slash bridge the Atlantic. And also make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube and iTunes so you don't miss any episodes. Leave us a comment and let us know what you think of the show. Yeah, Ryan, dude, seriously, despite the fact that you did not pick me and I'm completely heartbroken, <laughs> I thought you and I had like a bond going this whole interview. Either way, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Oh. This was a joy. Thank you both so much for having me. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Bridge the Atlantic. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So connect with us on there and let us know what you think of the show. Thanks for being awesome, and we'll see you next week. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.